Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Psyche Podcast with me Hannah. I hope you've had a great week and that you've enjoyed listening to last week's episode when we were joined by Henry and we were talking about men's mental health, which is a topic that I think is so important to talk about. Um, And I gave some statistics last week about why it's such an important issue. And I just want to say thank you again to Henry for joining me um, and for all the work that he's doing. and, And I really enjoyed it and I hope you did as well. So you might be listening to this on Monday and be thinking the podcast doesn't normally come out to Wednesday. Uh, and that's because just as a trial, we're trying two episodes this week on a Monday and on Wednesday, as usual. And later this month, we'll be trying again another Monday, Wednesday. Um, so I'd love to hear your thoughts, whether you like having two podcasts in a week or whether just the one on the Wednesday is enough. I know we've done a bonus episode before for Time to Talk Day. Uh, we've got another one, the one later this month is a, a bonus one, again, because of another specific day. And this week, we're just trialing it to see to see what you think. So I would really love to hear your feedback on the number of episodes in a week. And I'm joined this week by Tiffany, who is a sex coach. And we'll get into all of that um, in a little while. I just wanted to give a little disclaimer at the beginning that Tiffany and I talk a lot about female experiences of of pleasure and and sex, but there is a lot that we're talking about that would also be applicable to the male experience. And we also talk about when we're talking about sexual interactions from a heterosexual perspective. But again, a lot of it will be true from a homosexual, pansexual, bisexual experience. Uh, So although we are talking from that heterosexual stance, I just want anyone listening who doesn't have that experience, actually, to to know that, um, sorry that we (laughs) don't mention you in the episode, but that I think that there is a lot that is applicable just in any sexual interaction or even uh, thinking about self-pleasure or... um, a solo experience if you like so I just wanted to um to put that out at the beginning and to thank Tiffany for joining me for this episode and I hope you enjoy it find it useful I think it is such an important topic to talk about and on the podcast we like to talk about topics that are maybe not discussed as much as they should be and I think sex sexuality pleasure is one of those topics that we tend to shy away from because it can feel awkward or embarrassing or shameful to talk about and before I spoke to Tiffany I did warn her I'm British uh it might be a bit awkward and I think I mentioned that at the beginning of the interview as well um but I think we managed to get through it without it being too too awkward we were able to have a valuable discussion that hopefully you'll find some benefit from so I hope you enjoy this episode I hope you get a lot from it Um, As always, we'd love to hear your thoughts uh, over on our page on Facebook uh, or Instagram or 
wherever you connect with us online. So I'm going to hand over to the episode now, but we'll be back on Wednesday again with our second episode of the week. So you'll be hearing from me again soon. So enjoy the episode. Have a great couple of days and speak to you soon. Hi, everyone. And I'm really excited to introduce this week's guest, Tiffany, to you. So Tiffany, welcome. And if you could introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Thanks for having me, Hannah. I'm so excited to be here. I am a sexonista, which that means I really help elevate the conversation around sex and pleasure. And I left a corporate career about nine years ago to start my company, Entice Me, to really challenge the stereotypes around sexual pleasure and the conversations that we have about sex in our bodies. And um, and I know I've already said to you, being British, that might be a little bit awkward because, as you said, it's something that we don't really talk about that often. And how do people, when you tell people what you do, how do people receive that? It's usually one of two things. They either are just so taken aback, they don't know what to say, or they're very interested because I present myself very differently than what most people would think. I wear a little black dress. I um, have really feel like I'm tr- I'm elevating the conversation, but also the whole indus- adult industry as a whole. And then people are like, oh, that's, you know, when I start telling them about why I'm so passionate about it and they're like, oh, that's so true. You know, I believe that sex and intimacy and pleasure is really a birthright and it's a human it's part of human nature we need that to survive and we talk about other activities in our daily life like eating or you know but we don't talk about one of the most important things that affects not just our relationships but our life as a whole why do you think that is well i believe that a lot of it comes from that women have been suppressed sexually and it to hold us down in our power. And if we, you know, it's very, it's across all cultures and all religions and all societies that if women don't have pleasure, then they don't have the power. And I really believe that sex is power and men know that. Mm. Yeah, it just makes me think, I can't remember the exact historical situation, but I remember reading about a situation where women went on a sex strike um, because they wanted to change something in their community. Oh. And their way of doing it was withholding sex from the men in their lives. And it, and it was really powerful. It was effective um, in, you know, in, in changing. Uh, so it's a really vague example because I can't remember the details, but it just shows that, the, you know, the, the power of it. And I'm thinking about the conversations of, about sex that I remember having you know, when I learned about it, school or as a child, and the conversation doesn't really seem to be about pleasure. I don't know if that's your experience as well. It's much more about safe sex, I guess, which is important. Yes, exactly. And that's what I really realized after I got out of a a really narcissistic relationship and thought that I was just wanting more sex, but really I wanted better sex. And I didn't even know what that was because all growing up as, and especially as women, I think so much more than like teen boys that we're taught that sex comes with consequences, that we're 
going to get a reputation, we're going to get a disease, we're going to get pregnant, and it's going to destroy our lives. And then when we get into a relationship, we're expected to have these wonderful sexual relationships, but we have been told all our lives that sex is pretty much bad, that something, you know, and that we need to teach young women, especially, but all women about the pleasure aspect. Because mm. I think it's probably, I'd imagine, still very common that a lot of women haven't had an orgasm or, or don't know how to, ha- you know, what works for them mm-hmm. to have an orgasm. Is that the same that you're finding with the people that you work with? Yes, it so is. And so many women tell me that they don't know what pleasure is, that they're just too tired for sex, that sex becomes a chore. And I believe it's because they haven't had what really great pleasure is. And a lot of that comes that we've had so much shame around touching ourselves and having self-pleasure that it's really hard to explain to someone else what you like if you don't even know what you like yourself. Mm. And I I think the statistics are that 11% of women have never had an orgasm, Mm. but it's when you say orgasm with a partner, it's even, it jumps up that percentage. Mm. And do you find that a lot of women that you talk to don't engage in any kind of self-pleasure? Yes. I do a lot of live events and they're usually groups of like three to 10 people and usually at least one or two women in each group Mm. have never owned a sex toy or never masturbated. And if you look at like, even I was talking to a group on Saturday that even if you look at the, there's so many slang words for male masturbation and there's no words for female masturbation. Yeah. Cause I think it's, you know, I have male friends and, and brothers and it's, and it's almost like a seen as a given, I guess that, that boys are going to do it, but it's not really talked about or, or I guess like thought about that, that girls would be doing the same or, you know, that's what I remember when I was younger. That right. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about why that is? Is it that shame thing or? Absolutely. Well, there's a lot of fallacy and kind of myths that religions have really propagated that it says that the doctrine is preached that there is, that masturbation is bad, but it doesn't say that in the Bible anywhere. And I think that it's just, if you've been, a lot of people don't want, they just don't know. And I think that they don't want their daughters to be overly sexual. So they say, oh, that's not something that you do. Or if they're, you know, it comes down generationally. Also, if the mother's never done it, she's not going to know how to tell her daughter about it. And just having those conversations about sex anyway can be uncomfortable in your teen years. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it can be quite, I suppose it depends on the, the parents and, and the relationship and I guess their own view of sex and, and pleasure. But mm-hmm. it's something that seems to have a lot of embarrassment around it about having that discussion. But I think a lot of the times, again, when it, if, if that conversation happens, it's not about pleasure. It is about that safety element. And for girls particularly, like you said, it's about being safe. It's about not being overly sexualized. And it, it doesn't seem to be about pleasure. And I think when I learned about sex, we had some very helpful books that were all about puberty, <laughs> all of that kind of stuff. And they talked about the physical changes. They talked about 
you know, periods and what happens with the baby. I don't remember it mentioning pleasure at all. No, not at all. Here either, like not at all. Mm. So we mentioned briefly mentioned about that the women maybe you know just don't really know what a great pleasurable experience is. So is there a um, you know are there traits or things that that would characterize a great sexual experience or pleasurable experience? I think it you know it's different for every person, but when you have that experience, it just gives you such a emotional and physiological change in your body that you just feel like you're on a high. All the oxytocin and neurochemicals that are released into your body just keep you like so balanced and really help your mental well-being and your physical well-being. And until you've experienced that, I think once you have it, you're like, oh, this is what it's all about. It's like, why hasn't anyone ever told me about this? That's how I feel like, well, why, why don't we scream this from rooftops and train about it and teach about it? And that's why I do what I do because I, until you, it's like something you can't really explain, but I think it's getting, you know, getting out of your head and really getting into your body and being able to experience where so many times as we're trying to get through our day and we're tired and we, you know, if it's like, oh, this isn't going to happen, my, I'm not going to orgasm. So just let's get it over with instead of saying, okay, maybe this isn't going to happen, but what can I enjoy right now that is happening? Because, hmm. yeah, I think you can get very caught up in your head. Yes. About, oh, I mean, about so many things, but about, I mean, I guess if you put too much pressure on trying to achieve that orgasm that, that maybe you don't enjoy, you know, all the rest of, of what's happening. The other thing that I was thinking, as you were saying that about being in your head and not in your body, um, and I wonder if this is true of people you work with, that worrying so much about what you look like and how the other person feels about how you look. Because I think from, from myself and from, you know, talking about sex with friends, that seems to be a big concern that a lot of the time you're in your head because you know you're worrying about yeah appearances or, or how you're perceived is that something that you found as well absolutely and that I used to never even want to be naked around even you know in a locker room or anything I was so ashamed of my body mm -hmm. and once I did start having getting to know my body intimately and pleasuring myself that really changed and gave me the body confidence and it is, is I hear it every day from women that I work with is, oh, I don't want to be naked. I have a stretch mark or I have my stomachs jiggly and men really don't see that. They say, oh my God, I have a naked lady in bed that wants to be with me. And they literally like, here's boobs. That's all they see. And we're so we're so critical of ourselves that we can't get out of our mind to be really experience that pleasure. Yeah, well, I was going to say, because one of the, I guess, one of the areas that women a lot of the time focus on is, is the stomach area. But if you think about the areas that traditionally are seen as more sexy for, from the male perspective, or the ones that talked about the most, it's not stomach, is it? it's the boobs, it's the bum, it's whatever. And, and men get stretch marks as well. It's not just, a, you know, a female thing is it no it's not and I work with a lot of cancer survivors in my practice as well and 
teaching all of us that every scar that we have, every stretch mark, everything our bodies have been through, those tell us stories. It's kind of like a roadmap of what, where our body's been and that they're all so unique and that we need to embrace that and love that about ourselves instead of criticizing it. Because if let's say we have stretch marks from having a baby, well, think of all the women who want to have babies that can't and would love to have those marks, you know, those physical traits that their body has changed. And, you know, we don't go, oh, you have stretch to guys. We don't go, oh, I'm looking at your stretch marks on your muscle, you know, like it's completely different. Mm. And I think a lot of um, conversations that I have about all kinds of different topics, a lot comes back to our view of ourselves and, you know, loving ourselves or not loving ourselves, uh, which quite often seems to be the reality for, for a lot of women. And I guess that maybe is really key to if you have a positive view of yourself then maybe you're going to be more comfortable being intimate and um yeah more in your body and more present in the moment instead of I mean I know I used to be like that and now my lovers say oh it's so nice that you're uninhibited but it's taken me you know 25 years to get to that point where it's like yes I'm here for the moment and I'm here completely just feeling the touch and having eye contact and not thinking about anything else. And just, we're, we're so busy. And as women, we have circular brains that we're thinking about multiple things at a time. And so just to really like, I am beautiful and I love myself and this person is lucky to be with me and really come from that point instead of criticizing ourselves is exactly right like it all comes down to self-love mm -hmm. do you have any tips for how to get there as as someone who's got to you know this this place where you're in the moment uh, for anyone who's listening who is thinking oh I'm completely in my head <laughs> any tips to help them get to a more connected with their body place yes it starts with taking time to even feel our bodies and we wash ourselves, we shower, we put lotion on, but we don't actually take time to connect to ourselves. And I was just working with a lady this last week that I had her use a massage candle just to dip some warm massage oil and massage her hand. And I could tell she thought it was a waste of time and tell she's kind of looking and rolling her eyes like, what are you doing? And then I started to guide her to tell me what her skin felt like, what the texture was, what sensations she could feel. And I could see just the smile come over her face and even the texture and tone of her skin begin to change as that she really said, oh, this is what my fingertips feel like on my skin. And just so even if you're taking a shower or a bath, take a minute and just let feel the water on your skin instead of just worrying about having to get out of the shower so quickly just you know and when you're putting your lotion on take an extra minute and just feel what that feels like because we're so touch depraved anymore with all of our devices and everything that we need that and it starts to bring oxytocin to the skin and into the body and to activate those sensations so that we can start to go, okay, just being more mindful of what we're doing 
and that is a first step and then you can always move into like a genital caress and things like that but start with just learning about your getting back to feeling in your body mm. and it's connecting with your body yes because i suppose if you if you're completely out of touch with your body and the idea of just you know trying masturbation straight away felt like too much of a jump that putting on lotion just really mindfully and just really paying attention that doesn't feel as intimidating i guess as you know <laughs> just jumping straight into to masturbation may do for people it's something you might do anyway and it's just bringing awareness yeah close your eyes and just touch your face you know and it's it doesn't have to be sexual touch start with something easy that you can do just touch your hand while you're sitting watching television or you know just go oh that's what i feel the hair and i feel those tendons and hmm. it's non-sexual and it's easy to start with and i suppose maybe like the, the um the person in your example it might feel a bit weird to start with a bit awkward and why am i doing this but just i guess having an open mind and and seeing what happens so how did you get started as a sex coach or, or um, get interested in, in this area? Once I had my first orgasm after I'd gone on that journey to learn about my body and to really appreciate it and then had that first orgasm, I literally was like, if everybody had more orgasms, we could have world peace because it was so powerful to me. And like we talked about that, it wasn't ever something that I was taught about the pleasure aspect. And I, from then on, I really wanted to teach people how to have this, these experiences. And I realized what it was doing for me is it was giving me such inner confidence that wasn't dependent on someone else that for 20 years, I wanted to do this. And finally, I left my corporate career when I got so depressed and so much anxiety that literally my body was shutting down. And my doctor said, you need to find something else to do with your life because you're probably gonna either, you know, kill yourself or have a heart attack from the stress that I was under. And so I decided that I was finally gonna just take the leap and do what I wanted, you know, and teach women about pleasure. And because it, the confidence piece to me is so huge. And I really believe that the difference between how much we pleasure and experience pleasure is directly correlated to the money that, that we make and the abundance we draw, draw into our lives. But what it's done for me, just being able to overcome really clinical depression has been amazing because it does and it releases those endorphins and neurochemicals into our bodies that I really needed and it makes me happier and then people are drawn to that attitude and the you know our skin actually changes tone and texture when we have an orgasm with the release of collagen into our system and so it, you just look vibrant and it raises the vibration and i it's it's changed my life and so that's why i wanted to do it is because i want women to be able to have the their own power and love themselves mm, amazing I'm just um, interested about when uh, you mentioned about having clinical depression and and it being a way that you were able to move through that and and get to where you are now and and depression is something that you know I have experience of as well and I wondered if you ever found it difficult 
if you are depressed and having that feeling of maybe not really wanting to maybe be intimate or that it maybe felt like too much do you know what I mean too much effort <laughs> to do it if you're depressed it's really difficult to motivate and how you maybe manage to you know balance those two things dealing with the depression and then doing something that was helpful because I'm just thinking that when I am depressed <laughs> it's like could be like the furthest thing from my mind yeah it's those days that you just want to pull the covers over your head and not get out of bed at all and then just re I try to reframe it as like okay I have this vibrator that I can literally use and it will take me three minutes and it will make me happier and it doesn't mean that the depression goes away it and in that moment it does make me feel better it do, and I think because I know I can pleasure myself I'm not under the pressure that I need to go find someone to or be intimate with someone else when I don't want to be around any people at all and you know and it's it's sometimes not even having again that sexual touch it's just sometimes just laying in bed and just rubbing my arms or my legs or my stomach and having that as a start when I don't have the energy to do anything else and I've also I also have fibromyalgia and I've had it since my early 20s and it really helps when I have an orgasm and have like a really kind of off the hook sex life with and that's with myself usually not with necessarily anyone else is that the pain is so much more subsided mm -hmm. I suppose that's you know if we're talking about the chemicals released in the brain like the oxytocin and, and the endorphins then yeah you know that they have a massive impact on, on lots of things I'm just thinking I've got a couple of friends with fibromyalgia so I think after this I'll just <laughs> let them know have you tried orgasms as a um, way to um yeah to help with the pain I did, uh, yeah it really like when testosterone is released it's one of the chemicals released also and that really does it it's proven to block pain receptors in our body so and I have a client there actually in England also that she has severe chronic fibromyalgia and she, her sex life is crazy now and she we just were talking last week and she said it is something that I have to do because mm, it yeah. helps my and pain I suppose so much if you can get to the point like we said of, of being in a, a place where you are connected to your body you are feeling love towards yourself and positive about yourself then it's maybe going to be easier to um to engage in, in self-pleasure or sex with someone else but it's maybe getting started to that point it might seem like you know and this could just be me being British <laughs> I guess that it's about getting started isn't it and that I guess that things will become more comfortable or easier in a way the more you engage in it the more you try it I have a 12 week course that take women through that process to start with just the non-sexual touch and just getting out of your head and why Amazing, it's important. It, you know, I just, I've not, not really seen anything like that before because I think it's still, you know, you might sometimes get like a, a woman's magazine type thing that will have an article maybe about better sex, but you know, to actually walk you through the process, you know, I've not seen so. And, and what kind of um, feedback do you get from people who've been through your program? I get the feedback that it's something that they've never learned and that a lot of the magazines or even other 
programs that they've gone to really focus just on like clitoral stimulation, but not the whole mental piece and the self-love and the communication and changing your mindset around that. And so it's very well received. It's, you know, everything that I've learned in the last 20 plus years, I've put into this course because it was so, it changed my life. So hopefully Mm, it can change other people's lives. And you've said, um, I think about doing events as well. So do you run events that people can come along to as well? Absolutely. Yes. Thanks for asking. I have a retreat coming up in Aruba the end of April. And it's called Bringing Sexy Back, A Deep Dive Into Sensual Self-Love. And we it's uh, going to be amazing. I have a private villa that I've rented. And we're going to do a lot of meditation and activities to really get into your body. And then it's going to culminate with an underwater boudoir photo shoot where you get to get in the water and then feel. Sounds amazing. It's um, I love the, the name of it as well sexy back so i have a couple questions that i uh that i asked uh so my first one and i have some ideas on what you might say to this but we'll see is what always (laughs) what always boosts your mood what brings you joy an orgasm always boosts my mood when i start to get that angsty feeling or irritation i'm like oh i need to have an orgasm um do you know what you're the first person who said the answer to that question (laughs) <laughs> I mean, maybe when when I ask other people, maybe that's what they think as well, but they just don't feel comfortable saying it. <laughs> Probably because this is how people would react if it was a com- you know conversation that's not about this topic, and you just kind of threw in like, oh, an orgasm. I guess that's how people would react. Oh, um. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> just move on. Um, <laughs> so do you find that if you if you say that you know? to yeah to people normally do you get that kind of oh all right yes and then they go oh that's so right like that really does bring joy to my life I've never thought of it that way or you think of all the other things that society tells you should bring you joy like buying flowers for yourself getting massage having self-care well what is self-care to you and what you know for me that's orgasms yeah I mean I will let you know if I ask that question and someone else says orgasms, just... Um, <laughs> oh, please do. I will. <laughs> um, that hasn't happened yet. But we'll see. Um, my next question is what makes life meaningful for you? Helping other people experience pleasure and that self-love and self-confidence that they never even knew was possible. And especially loving our bodies. That is so important. And I really believe that that's where our confidence stems from no matter what size we are. And I have this in like the brochure for my event is that loving yourself at the size you are now or in the body you are now not saying, Oh, I should lose five pounds before I come on this retreat or 10 pounds or, Oh, I can do it next year. But just, you know, I weigh a hundred pounds more than I used to. And I love my body now. And I didn't love my body then. Mm -hmm. Well, I think also sometimes our perception of our body is very out of touch with maybe how it actually is. And you have that experience if you look back at a picture from several years ago when you weren't happy and you're like, oh, I wish I looked like that now. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, (laughs) I think even if you, you know, were at, you know, what you've said is your ideal weight, if you haven't done that mental piece, 
so he said then you're not going to be happy anyway it's not about you know what the external looks like what shape size whatever because yeah if you're if, if mentally you haven't done that work and if you're not happy mentally with yourself then doesn't matter what the outside looks like does it no and with everything all the magazines and airbrushing and photoshop it's so the beauty standards are so unrealistic mm. that it is very hard i mean there's young young girls they're saying girls as young as six years old have body image issues now and that's just so sad to me because that should be the time that you're just playing and having a good time and not worrying about what your body looks like where do you think that comes from i think it's from seeing it everywhere you know instagram and facebook and tv shows and model you know models and everything in society is about women's bodies it's sex sells everything except for then we don't want to talk about sex yeah it's so weird isn't it <laughs> but i wonder also i guess if you know for young children if their mother is also very conscious of how they look and maybe always on a diet or always you know maybe voicing self-criticism there's maybe an element of picking up on that as well not just from the external but oh yes i'm so glad you brought that up because i saw this happen with a friend's daughter and that her mom was criticized like oh my butt looks big in these pants and the little girl was like does that mean i have a big butt mm. there's i don't know if you've seen it but there's um dove who are a sort of um shampoo body wash population company uh they have um a video on youtube where they talk to young girls about you know their body image and they'll be saying oh like I have a big nose or whatever and the mums it's basically that I think they're watching I don't know if they talk to the mums separately but everything the little girl's saying is exactly the issues that the mum has that they talk about and they're seeing their you know five six-year-old daughter say oh I've got you know a big nose or I've got you know I don't like this about myself and it just really, really reinforces that, yeah, they just pick up on if there's something wrong with your arms, what's wrong with my arms? Oh, I'll have to check that out. That gives me chills. Like, it's so sad. Yeah. And it just really reinforces the, uh, you know, if you are a parent to a young child, to be, wa be wary of, you know, what you're saying. Because I think even if you think they're not taking stuff in. Right. They're, they're, they are. Yeah. They're little sponges just absorbing everything. And um, so... We've um, we've touched a little bit on um, you know that orgasms for you are something that really helps you with your pain, but also um, through your depression. Um, and we talk a lot about mental wellness on the podcast. So my question is, what does mental wellness mean to you, and how do you look after your own mental well-being? Mental wellness wellness to me really means taking time for myself. And what I've really realized recently is that that it's okay to take a nap or to do nothing and to say no. And for me, that right now has been huge because before I would have said, oh no, I need to do this. I need to get up earlier and really giving myself permission that it's okay if I need to honor my body to, to slow down and really taking that time for me, whether it's going for a walk or just sitting on my couch and doing nothing, reading a book or laying down for a nap that it has to be my own self-care first or I can't be there for everybody else in my life absolutely 
And that could be so hard to do, can't it? Just to say, I need to have a nap or I need to do this. Um, I don't know if you have the same, you, you feel a lot of guilt sometimes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, I should be working. I should be doing this. I should want to go out on a Friday night. And now, nope, I just want to sit on my couch and do nothing. And that's okay. Yeah. I guess just giving yourself a break, <laughs> isn't it? Just not, just cutting yourself some slack and uh, not beating yourself up about the shoulds. I should do this. I should do that. And just checking in with yourself and thinking, what do I really need? And giving yourself that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that. One of my other buzzwords that I talk about a lot is mindset mm -hmm. on the podcast because I think it's so important for everything. Uh, so could you describe your mindset? Excellent. My mindset, I believe, is I really try to keep that self-love front of mind and then and really ha keeping an abundance mindset that there's enough that I'm good enough and that I, there's enough uh, for everybody in the world that we can, there's plenty of business and love and for everyone. And we can, we can change the world if we just change our minds. Cause I really believe in mindset as well is that we have to have, you know, as negative as I can be in the past or judgmental is that I just have to keep my mindset positive in order to keep my life where I want it to be. And something that I do is I don't even watch the news or anything because it brings me down. And so I just protect myself like in a bubble, like to keep my mind where it's supposed to be. I was going to ask if there's, if you find yourself, you know, having a more negative mindset taking over, um, is there anything else that you do to try and shift back to that positive mindset? Yes, I do a modality called EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique. It's also referred to as tapping. And so I, with positive affirmations, and I have affirmations on my mirror every morning, and I say them, and um, I really focus on that when, and just like, I can now, most of the time, if I get a negative mind thoughts coming in, I can stop myself and say, is this true? And then tap on it to say, you know, to take it, get it out of my body. Amazing. Just checking, because I think that that is something that in the UK is now um, something that the health service recognizes as a, um, a technique that, that's beneficial. Yes. So um, tapping your way to success using emotional freedom techniques to reduce anxiety improve communication skills. So it's something that, that I've, I've heard of and I've um, seen a little of, but not really tried. Um, but it's something that people maybe haven't heard of, but that it works. It's not just a kind of, I don't know, slightly. <laughs> when I first heard of it, I thought it was really woo woo. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And then I tried it and it was amazing. Yeah, and I think, you know, the fact that the NHS is like, yep, we've got information about it, it's the thing we do. It's, um, you know, if it's recognised as something they offer, for anyone who's listening and thinking, what is that? <laughs> it is, um, you know, beneficial. And it's something I've not tried it, you know, really myself, but I definitely will, you know, look into trying it because I think, you know, is it something that you can do quite quickly if you kind of catch yourself being negative, you can just... Yeah, so it's tapping on the 
um, acupressure meridians on your face and like neck. And so it's something that you can just like slip into a bathroom stall and do if you don't, or I do it in my car a lot, you know, just step away and nobody knows. You can even do it just on your hand. They teach children how to do it on their hands so they can do it kind of anywhere and no one really knows what's happening. It's something that your body remembers those affirmations that you've told in the past. And then when, so when you just tap, you don't even have to necessarily say anything. It will just remember. I think it's interesting that we're talking about connecting with your body more and being more present in the kind of physical. And this is the technique that has that physical element and that physical cue True. to it. Yes. And that to kind of escape from that circling in your mind, you're doing something that's connecting you to your body. That's a really good point. Yeah. And one of the things I do on the podcast is I ask our guests to leave people with uh, between one and three strategies that they can put in place in their life that are gonna have a massive impact. So do you have your kind of top one to three tips for people if they're, they're listening to this and maybe they want to try and have more pleasure in their life or just generally tips that you'd give people? One of my favorite tips is to wear beautiful lingerie under your clothes just for you. My mom used to tease me that my underwear had to match my outfit but when you wear a bra that's pretty compared to like just your beige one that, you know, is a little too old or um, it, you just carry yourself different. And French women really know that, that it's not lingerie for anyone else. It's lingerie for us. And it, it, you just, it, you lift your shoulders back and just carry yourself a little bit different. Like we talked about, you know, just taking that extra minute to feel your body when you're putting your lotion on and then focus on the positive. If you start to get a negative thought in your head, just say, ask yourself, is this true? Is that something that I have control of and what can I do to change it? And don't tell yourself something that you wouldn't tell someone else. You know, a lot of times we'll say things to ourselves about our bodies that we would never allow a stranger to tell us. We would never tell our best friend. Yeah, I, that's something I say um, a fair amount on here is, you know, about being a friend to yourself. And if you wouldn't say it to a friend, why are you saying it to yourself? You know, and it's a, I try and uh, do it as a little check. Like, you know, if I said this to a friend, would they still be my friend? And if the answer is no, <laughs> then I shouldn't say it to myself either. Right. Yeah, I'm just thinking, I'm still thinking about the underwear. I'm just thinking I'm wearing quite a nice bra today, but I really like comfy, we'd call them pants, but you know, underwear. <laughs> so I kind of, I think I'm like half thinking about the underwear, but I you know, definitely go for comfort on the bottom. Well, I like, I like comfort too. Like I like boy shorts. Oh, I love boy shorts. But lacy ones, right? Like they, they're still cute, you know? So it's, it's what makes you feel that sexiness, you know? I have a lot of, um, I'm a bit of a geek. So I've got a lot of like Wonder Woman pants. <laughs> like, Perfect. You know, I don't know that whether sexy is necessarily the feel, but they're definitely, you know, re reflect my personality and something that's fun to wear. And power, power, powerful. Yes, powerful. Uh, I do have Batman ones as well. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, but I suppose, you know, they're, they're fun. They're still not just, you know, the boring kind of beige ones. Yeah, and comfy. You know, you can't go wrong. With, I, I love 
boy shorts. I do also have some boxer shorts actually because they are also very comfy. Um, maybe sexy, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, if they make you, it's about making you feel sexy and com- you know, if you're comfortable and it's your unique personality, it doesn't have to be what someone else thinks is sexy. Hmm. It's what makes you feel good. So they don't have to be the little lacy no. things. <laughs> no, it, it can. It's what, it's mm. what makes you feel good. It's not what everybody else thinks or society thinks. Mm. It's what makes you feel good. That you can go walk down the street and say, I have Batman underwear on. <laughs> yeah, Batman <laughs> I was just thinking that's also true, I guess, for the, you know this whole conversation about pleasure self-pleasure connecting it's about what works for you isn't it it's not just a one-size-fits-all this is the thing it is I guess just figuring out for you what works for you what makes you feel good so we're all unique we're not none of no two people are exactly the same Mm. and so it is about what is good for us individually and that doesn't have to be the same today as it is tomorrow even it can change and that's okay too So if people uh, would like to find out more about the work you're doing or find out about the retreat that you're running or your course, how can they connect with you? They can email me directly at tiffany at enticeme.com or just go to enticeme.com and find all of our contact information there. I can also send you links to the retreat and I will offer, um, I have an audio that's kind of like a guided self-touch audio that's a free download and it's non-sexual just to kind of close your eyes and get back into your body amazing um, and we can put um, a link to your website um, in our show notes as well so people can access it okay great and thank you so much Tiffany I really enjoyed talking to you I found it really enjoyable and not awkward <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> and you know I might um who knows next time someone asks me what boosts my mood Maybe I'll be the person that throws orgasm in there just to see how people react. I love that. <laughs> depends, who it, depends who it is. <laughs> um, maybe not at work. But, um, yeah, thank you so much. And, you know, I'm sure people listening will have got a lot from this conversation and hopefully will feel more confident, you know, exploring and, and seeing what works for them. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much, Hannah. I enjoyed it so much. So thank you again to Tiffany for joining us for this episode, which I hope you found really useful and informative and inspiring. And I just want to finish with a reminder I mentioned last week that if you are local in the southwest of England, on the 3rd of May, I'm running my first ever live event which is a well-being workshop day and it is all focused on reconnecting with yourself physically and mentally and about improving that relationship with yourself so if you're feeling you've lost touch with who you are you've lost your sense of self you're feeling stuck in life or you just have a negative view of yourself and you want to move to somewhere more positive in your relationship with yourself then this is the day for you and if you visit our website www.psyche.co.uk psyche p-s-y-k-h-e like the greek goddess then you can find out details there and get the link to buy tickets 
So I'd love to see some of you there for that. Also, uh, this is something I don't think I've advertised before on the podcast, but I mean, I mentioned it at the beginning, but I am um, a mindset mental wellbeing coach. It's a type of life coaching. That's just how I'm branding myself, if you like, because that's my focus. That's the things that I'm passionate about and that I think are, are really important. And that's why we talk about it a lot on the podcast. But if you listening to the podcast, listening to the things that we talk about, and if you would like to work on a one-to-one basis to just help you to, again, improve your relationship with yourself or gain some clarity in your life or, you know, help you to figure out where you're going or your purpose or who you are or anything really, then I am taking on clients to work with on a one-to-one basis. So again, you can visit the website to find out more about that, or you can email me directly, Hannah, with a H at the end, H-A-N-N-A-H, at psyche, P-S-Y-K-H-E, .co.uk, and find out more about working with me. So this is just my little advert at the end. I might come up with something more formal uh, in future, but we'll see. So if you're interested in coming along to the wellbeing workshop event or working with me directly for coaching then visit the website or email me to find out more have a great couple of days and speak to you again on wednesday so that's everything for this episode we hope you've enjoyed everything that's been talked about today And we would love to carry on this discussion. So please feel free to tweet us your views, your thoughts, any questions you have for future episodes. Um, And we're on all social media platforms. So feel free to follow us wherever you go for your social media fix. And uh, we will be back next week with more interesting topics and discussions. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do share it with your family and friends or anyone that you think would benefit from it. And please rate and review wherever you've downloaded it from so it can reach more people. We hope you have an awesome week and we're looking forward to chatting to you again next week. Bye.